Hello and welcome to another episode of Balls and Brew, the flagship sports podcast of the Morgan You Know Podcast Network. I am your host, Rod Morgan. This podcast, as well as every other podcast on our network, is produced by James Jamriska. Chris King is not joining us this week. He is on assignment, but joining me in his stead, of course, he knows when to hold them. He knows when to fold them. He knows when to walk away. We used to call him the anonymous gambler. Now we just call him Josh Williams, our handicapper from South Bend. Josh, hello. What's up, Rod? Appreciate the intro. You didn't even know that it was about the nine-year anniversary of uh, me taking down a pretty big uh, regional circuit tournament for the World Series of Poker. So appreciate that. I actually knew that we were that we were in sort of that region, right? I knew that that was more towards the beginning of the the NFL season than it was towards the end. So I I, I took a shot there, Williams, as a good podcast host, hoping that you might then bring that up to me, and you took the bait. So I appreciate that. Yeah, man, no problem. That was that was a fun time, fun time. Unlike last week. <laughs> yes, last no, week was a uh, we we will dispatch of last week we will dispatch of last week quickly, but I did want to tease that uh I have a gambling episode cooked up that is not about football that I think you're going to be incredibly interested in that we will record at some later date and it can be an evergreen podcast for us. But I ran into another buddy of mine that loves poker as much as you do. So now I'm totally intrigued. I got to have you and my buddy on see if we got differing poker opinions. I'm going to drill you guys down deep on poker. We're going to do a poker show someday, Mr. Williams, so I thought we should mention that here since we just brought it up. Awesome. Yeah. The world needs to know more about poker, man. It's a, it's a fantastic game. I love anything strategy, and uh, that'll be fun. All right, good. So that said, see, I wanted to get you in a good mood because I wanted to have to, I had to bring up here that you were 0 and 3 last week, bringing our record to 9 and 9, which is fine. You're still at Mount 500. We just don't want to drop below that. You also were 0 and 2 on the props last week. Good thing about that is you still only have to pick two props because my rule is you either have to go 2 and 0 or 0 and 2. And the first time that you don't, you then have to pick three props, which is why Chris has three props to pick. He is not here with us, but he sent his props in so we will bring those up as we go along throughout the show but we always like to start in the same place what was our biggest takeaway from week six mr williams you're the nfl handicapper here what do you what's your big takeaway from week six yeah first off like the books got absolutely hammered last week and usually that's probably a bad thing for me because i use i usually tend to side against joe public Joe Public had an awesome week last week. The first seven games of, of the of the slate in the, in the morning, seven and zero to the favorites. Uh, the afternoon wasn't much different. So the books absolutely got creamed last week, and uh, they're hope me and the books are hoping to bounce back uh, next week or this week. So, but uh, yeah, big takeaway for me is I mean, can anybody tackle Derrick Henry? I mean, what what he did on Monday Night Football was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, we all, I think we all think that Buffalo is probably the superior team to Tennessee and, and really they have a really good pass defense and, and AJ Brown had, had not, not MJ like flu symptoms, but he had like, you know, kind of Chipotle, uh, like upset <laughs> stomach syndrome. And then Julio, of course, hamstring injury mid game, he's out. So it's like, who do you got to stop? You just, you know, just load the box, stop Derrick Henry. No, you can't do it. The guy rushes for three touchdowns, uh, t- Two, uh, I think he ran 22 miles an hour on one of his touchdown runs. You can't touch him. The guy's a freak. And he's on pace to break Eric Dickerson's uh, rushing record single season. And he's got an extra game to do it this year. And the guy never gets hurt. So it's like 
uh, it's unbelievable what he's doing. I think he, I think he catapulted into into the MVP race, even though running backs don't usually have a, a shot to win it. But man, the dude is unbelievable. I think the here's uh, the only positive thing I'm going to say about Derrick Henry because you're talking about a Tennessee Titan here who takes on the Indianapolis Colts two times a year. Derrick Henry always creams the Colts. I mean, but I'm willing to give the guys due because what I want to talk about is how just defense seems absolutely impossible across the entire league. And so here's this guy showing me right. But the props I will give him is the guy just, I mean, he just does it week in and week out. Like you said, he's always out there. He's always on the field. It's just, ah. Uh, I hate me some Derrick Henry, but the guy's really, really good. You can't deny him. And the <laughs> the good news, though, for the Colts, if there is any, is that when they play him in a couple weeks, the Colts are number one DVOA versus the rush. So, I mean, that really didn't matter <laughs> against the Bills. The Bills had a pretty good defense, and he ran all over them. So we'll see. The, the guy's just having a ridiculous year. This usually happens later in the year when defenses are hurt more. There's a lot more injuries, and he just runs through everybody. This normally doesn't – he usually gets off to slow starts. So the fact that he's getting off to a, a, a big start here and his uh, yardage totals keep on going up year in and year out, uh, the guy's amazing. There's no more superlatives that you can add for him. Yeah, you promised me that my Colts were going to be closer to the top of the division after the Titans lost to the uh, Bills. So don't think that I wasn't uh, wasn't cursing your name when that game was happening. But uh, the the main thing I want to take away, and I think I thought this to myself when I was watching that crazy Dallas New England game, is just like how does one play defense? I mean, what are you supposed to do now with the with the way the the rules are for the quarterback and the wide receivers, and just with the size of the offense? lines and quarterbacks get rid of the ball in 2.5 seconds and how fast these guys are I mean what are you supposed to do anytime somebody needed to get down the field to get a field goal or to get a touchdown it just seemed like they were able to just constantly move the ball almost wherever they wanted to I mean it makes for a great product for us to watch but I just I, I feel for any defensive coordinator or for anybody coming up who dreams of wanting to be a wide receiver or a running back or a quarterback and then they're told they have to be a linebacker or a DN man because it's just it doesn't seem like a great life in pro sports these days for defenders yeah it's tough and that's why when there is a, a really good defensive performance like last year in the Super Bowl it's just amazing and especially what Tampa did to Kansas City I know even their their offensive line was was banged up but still to to, to shut down Mahomes like that was absolutely shocking really and uh I mean if defenses can scheme up uh, you know, a decent game plan, more power to them. Cause you're right. It is extremely tough to play defense in 2021. I know I was way off on the Cleveland, Arizona game, but there was some egregious, egregious personal foul calls against uh, the Browns on Kyler Murray. I mean, the guy just barely touched him and the flags are flying. So uh, these refs are going to protect uh, these MVP candidates, uh, Kyler and Brady and Rogers and, uh, so it's it's going to be interesting how these defenses uh, can come up with anything to stop these offenses. All right, Mr. Williams, I wasn't going to do this, but you just invoked his name. So, I mean, I have to ask you as a Bears fan about the uh, the Rodgers moment, the uh, the I own you to the fans. I mean, you know, I just – if I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask it, and we know there's people listening that know how a Bears fan you are, so just, you know, your thoughts when it happened. <laughs> I mean, it sucks, but what, what what can the Bears fans do? I mean, he does own us. I mean, it's like twenty two and five in his career. It's uh, it's frustrating, and it's like you know the Packers have had Favre and Rodgers for what like thirty years, and the Bears have just trolled out 
you know, just crap after crap for years and years. So it's a poorly run organization. I still love them, but I just wish that uh, we can get things right. And uh, maybe maybe this is finally the last year we'll have to deal with Rodgers. Maybe he goes to a, to a different team next year. So that would be fantastic. Are you gonna Are you gonna try to call your shot on Rodgers' team next year like you did Stafford last year? You called the You called the Broncos who were in the running for Stafford, and then he went out west. So I mean, are you Are you gonna Are you Are you starting to do your your digging so you can make your Rodgers call like you did your Stafford call last year? It feels like It feels like Denver is a possibility. Um, uh, a dark horse, I think, might be Carolina. I think Carolina really wants to win right now. They went out and uh, got Stephon Gilmore in a trade. That defense is getting better. Um, I think that they feel like they can compete in the NFC if they get you know, a stud quarterback. Darnold's off to a good start, but Darnold's probably not the answer. Um, so, yeah, Carolina's a dark horse there, but I think Denver still really wants to get involved too. So we'll see. As, as long as he doesn't come back to Green Bay, I'm all for it. Give me the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, all right? Give me the Las Vegas Raiders looking to just completely start something new but not have to start from the ground floor, make another big splash in Vegas close enough to L.A. where Favre wants to be Hollywood. Give me the Raiders. Yeah, I could see that. That's a decent That's a decent uh, shot there. All right, well, I, I appreciate that, and the fans of this podcast and of your picks are going to appreciate if we have a better week this week than we had last week. With that in mind, give us pick number one, Mr. Williams. All right, you led me right into it. Speaking of the Raiders, I went against them last week, got burned. I'm going back to the well. I'm going against them again this week. I'm taking Philly plus three. Like The, the Raiders have struggled with deep passes this year. They've struggled stopping the run. And these these are the things that Philly does well. It's, it's a big advantage this week for the D-line of Philly. Javon Hargraves, Fletcher Cox should own this Raiders O-line. The Raiders are 28th in line yards uh, with that offensive line. And that Philly defensive coordinator, John Gannon, he does not want to give up deep passes. It's like similar to what the game plan was with the Chargers when they played Vegas a few weeks ago. And the Chargers ended up beating them by a couple touchdowns. You got extra rest for Philly. You got Lane Johnson coming back at right tackle. Um, it's And it's definitely plausible that last week was the Raiders all-in game. Uh, now there is tape on how they want to go about their games. This is easily could be an emotional letdown spot here with an interim head coach. And the, and the Raiders, we've seen this last year, the Raiders seem to play up and down to their opponents. Like They're, they're a pretty roller coaster team. Um, there's a lot of talk out of uh, Philly that they want to get Miles Sanders more involved and they should because Philly is number one in explosive rush rate this year. They just don't give them the ball. They haven't run that much. And uh, the Raiders are 28th in defending explosive rush plays. So um, I normally, uh, or when I first looked at this game, I didn't think anything of it, but then when I dug in deeper, there's a lot of trends pointing towards Philly right here. So I'll take Philly plus three. I think this ties into one of Chris's props also. It certainly does. It's uh, Chris has this prop for us. He sent in his three props from his assignment. He has Eagles over 3.5 points in the first quarter versus Las Vegas. You can get that at plus 115 at DraftKings. So there you go. That's Chris's prop. He's, he figures the Eagles score at least more than a field goal in the first quarter. Man, that seems like a low bar to cross. But the way Chris's luck has gone, perhaps he won't even win that one. <laughs> 
the burn, the burn on Chris when he's not here. I love it. Oh, he would expect nothing, nothing less from me. And also, I just want to say the burn on Chris, the burn on you. I tried last week. I tried to talk you out of betting you against did. the Raiders. You I said did. the dead coach bounce, which is a terrible, horrible thing to say, but that's just the name that it has. And I was dead right, my friend. So were, I you, guess you, you should just you, listen to me more, I guess, is what I'm trying to say here, Williams. You were, man. And, and I didn't think the, the Broncos were going to blitz as much as they did because when you blitz Derek Carr, he's actually really good. And he found a bunch of deep passes against that Broncos secondary who have not been playing well uh, this year. I thought they were going to play a lot better, but they have not been playing well. But the thing that Philly does, Philly blitzes at the third lowest rate in the league. And so they they play kind of like that same defense that the Chargers play. I think this is a good matchup for Philly, uh, plus three. All right, last thing I'll mention on this game, Fanny Pack Fangio, as I believe Cousin Sal dubbed him at one time. Do we do we think he lasts a year? If Denver keeps playing as bad as they have the last three weeks, is he maybe going to beat your guy Nagy as the first coach fired? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, he's – I, I really like him as a defensive coordinator. He's definitely not good as a as a head coach. He's had some terrible game management calls. Um, we'll see. That one's tough. I still think Denver has the talent, especially in the secondary, to get things going. They've had a ton of injuries. Um, we'll see. I, Denver's a weird team so far this year. They've definitely under-sold. Uh, um, I thought they were going to be a, be better than what they were, so – there's still time left. There's still time. They get Jerry yeah, Judy back next year. Denver's sort of catnip for you. That's true. Denver's yeah. sort of catnip for you, right? I mean, nothing beats the Shanahan 49ers that is the, the <laughs> shining light of your of your football handicapping. But Denver's one of those teams, too, that you always do tend to overinflate. I've noticed that. So, But I'm just i I'm glad that I sort of stumped you with that there. You kind of like that, that Fanny Pack Fangio might beat out uh, Nagy as actually the first coach fired this year. I don't think he should. I think Nagy should. But I think it's definitely possible. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I agree with you, too. Nagy probably shouldn't even last. In the last couple of weeks, but I mean, here we are. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, let's yeah. uh, and I let's move on to your uh, pick number two. All right, so I'm going here with the Kansas City team total over 31. They're playing the Titans. Um, Titans could very well be. I mean, they just came off uh, an emotional, remarkable back and forth. Uh, win what I want to say about Monday the Titans night. real quick is what the Titans did on Monday night is basically what they've done for almost three years now. Just win games nobody thinks they have any business winning, right? And just sticking around and making it to an AFC championship game. And just like whenever we count the Titans out for some route, somehow Vrabel and his boys get it down. I know, man. And that's uh, you're right. And it's it's uh, it's it's somewhat fluky, but you're right, man. You, they can't be counted out. But uh, check this check this stat out. When Tannehill has been a dog at home in his career, those games are 10-0-1 to the over. So this is why I kind of like Kansas City team total over 31. Uh, they've had a couple defensive injuries, and their defense was already lacking. Uh, Fulton, their best cover corner, he's out. Farley, their number one cornerback from the draft, he's out. And Casey hung 31 points last week at Washington, and they had turnovers at the Washington 9, 38, and 20. Um, like, and there's just stupid turnover, like fumbles on end of rounds. There's some batted balls. And like 41% of the Chiefs' drives have resulted in touchdowns, but 23% have ended in turnovers. Which wow. That, yeah, I wow. know. <laughs> that number is bound to regress. Um, I mean, with Mahomes there. I feel like this is a classic, don't overthink it. Mahomes versus this banged-up secondary on short rest. 
The Chiefs have faced a top five defensive schedule. Nobody has really talked about that yet. They faced a top five defensive schedule to date, and now they get this Titans D. So, uh, and it, I actually also, if you want to go alternate team total line over, you can find over 35 and a half on MGM. You get plus 175 on that. I think the Chiefs could put up 40 on this yeah. defense. I, I mean, think if you talk about if you if you said to somebody before the year started, right before we saw Kansas City have these couple of trip ups, and I love that you gave the stat about top five defenses because all this talk about is Mahomes more back to earth is just ridiculous, right? Anybody that's doing a, a hot take Mahomes thing on Sports Talk Radio should just stop it and calm down. But oh man, I just it's it's I love it. If you just said anytime you take Kansas City over thirty one and you're getting positive money on it, I'd have taken it. So I think it's a great bet. Yeah, and the, and the Titans, you got to remember this too. The Titans played 73 snaps last week, and they're coming off short rest. That was a late Monday night game, and they're 28th in defensive efficiency. Now you got your two top corners out. I mean, this is they can't stop Kansas City. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City scores on every drive here. So I would agree with you. Let's do it. Yeah. We need somebody to beat Kansas City, man. Or, I mean, Tennessee, excuse me. We need somebody to beat Tennessee, get them down off their high horse. Even though I still think the Colts stink. Don't think I've turned around on that, but. Let's get Colts, your. Uh, Colts can still get there. Well, oh, I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. That's why I set you up for it. Let's get your pick number uh, three, and I think that involves one of Chris's other props because one of Chris's props I just am going to have to absolutely address. This is a ridiculous prop that he has here. Yeah, man, I hate to do this, and I normally don't lay this amount of points, but this is just a terrible matchup for my Chicago Bears. I'm taking Tampa Bay minus twelve. The Bears are wow. Owens. Yeah, the wow, Bears are. That has to hurt your heart a little bit to make I that know. pick. I'm sorry to interrupt your flow there, <laughs> but that has to hurt your heart a little bit to make that pick. It does, but this this is just not a good matchup for the Bears here. They're 0 and 6 against the spread as a dog of six plus points since the start of 2019. And don't forget, this is a revenge fourth down game for Brady. This was the the game last year where oh. Brady thought it was fourth down and it wasn't. And as a double-digit favorite, Brady is 23-7 and against the spread since the start of wow. 2015. Yeah, he just does not let up. And since Fields took over, the Bears are calling a run play on first downs in the first three quarters 67% of the time. Ooh, man, that's your boy Bill Lazor doing that too. You like him a lot. <laughs> well, they've wanted, they wanted to protect Fields. And so I get kind of why they're doing that. Laser has implemented more heavy sets, so at least that's good. But Rod, you can't do you cannot run against this Bucks defense. No, they're, definitely not. They're number one on defense. Did you see that clip of Vita Vea? That dude can't even get his shoulder pads off, man. You're not running on that guy. No, he's taking on two blockers. He's stuffing it. Yeah. He's the the Bucks are number one on defense efficiency versus the run on first downs, too. So if the Bears line up and go heavy here, like double tight end sets, they actually have a chance to like stay in this game. That's so, what I worry, right? Are the Bears going to take the air out of the football a little bit where it's just going to be hard for Tampa Bay then to get up, you know, because you're going to have to have a touchdown and two field goals to beat that 12 or at least two touchdowns. You know what I mean? Right. And the Bucks struggle versus two tight end sets. But here's the thing here. Tampa Bay D-line only allows 2.3 seconds before they get a hit on you. That's second best in the league. And you're coming off long rest for Brady. Um, on the other side, the Bears are only getting pressure on 31% of opposing dropbacks. Tampa, that defense has been better than you thought, though. You've got to admit that. Yes, that de the defense is better than I thought. Uh, 
but Tampa is only giving up pressure at the second lowest rate in the league. Um, the Bears had a good game plan last week to limit Devontae Adams. That basically they didn't want Adams to beat them, and because Jalen Johnson has been playing fantastic, but. Uh, the downside of that was they allowed Aaron Jones to rush for over five yards per carry. They were in that game. I mean, you give up only 24 to, to Rodgers. It's not terrible. The problem is is that the Bucks have three awesome wide receivers, and Brady's just going to find whatever weak link it is uh, on the other side there. And here's another thing. When Fields was at Ohio State, going back to the offense last year, the four best passing defenses he saw, like Northwestern, IU, Clemson, and Bama, he only averaged 4.2 yards per attempt versus the Blitz in those 12 games, or in those games, and he had 12 sacks in those games. Versus the Blitz in his rookie year, he again, he's averaging only 4.1 yards per attempt, and he's gotten sacked 20 times. That's hashtag no bueno. The Bucks, <laughs> the Bucks blitz at one of the highest rates in the league at thirty six percent. Don't think Todd Bowles has a game plan uh, up his sleeve against a rookie, but they could do it even more versus the rook when they played Mac Jones a few weeks ago. They blitzed at a forty four percent clip. Oh, I'm sure they're going to be coming after him. I'm sure they're going to yeah. be coming after him. And you, I mean, everything you just laid out is that it's a tough road for the Bears there. Let's, let's stick with Justin Field for just one second. His stats don't look overly great, but doesn't he? He looks the part, though, right? Like he seems, he seems a little bit like okay, maybe we have something, right? You as a Bear fan, you see that, right? I'm hoping so. The, my my number one thing against Fields coming out was that he held the ball too long, and we're seeing that right now. Uh, and he and he wasn't good against the blitz. He's kind of a one read guy. Takes a little bit too long. Uh, to progress with his reads. Hopefully that gets better, right. and and I'm willing to you know wait as long as it takes because he is a gamer, man. We've seen him in Clemson take some shots to those ribs. He came back. He's also this is the weird one of the weirdest things. He's also recovered two of his fumbles this year that I thought he had no chance at recovering, and it was just because he gave an effort to recover those uh, fumbles. That doesn't sound like much, but that that gets you a lot of credit in the locker room when you're Absolutely. playing that hard. That's, listen, that's Bear football, right? As if yeah. the Bear fans didn't love him enough. That's the kind of yeah. thing that Bear fans will just eat up. Let's stick with Fields a little bit here because Chris, who, by the way, I'm going to take a shot at Chris here. It was so funny to hear you say IU. Shocker. When you talk Shocker about great college, a- <laughs> what great college basketball. Yeah, I know. When you talk about great college football defenses, you said the IU football team, it still just sounds like something that shouldn't be. But I know they were good that one year because they certainly haven't been good this year. But Chris's second of his three props is Justin Fields under 218.5 passing yards versus Tampa. That's minus 110. So clearly, DraftKings thinks that's definitely where it's going to be. But I'm still surprised if they're going to give you minus 110 on it that they set it at 218. I think that number could be lower and I still might take under. Yeah, I think that line is slightly off there. Uh, I just don't think they're going to have the ball that much. If, if they keep on running on first downs, they're going to be there's going to be a lot of punts for for the Bears because it's going to be a lot of third and longs. So, well, I like I like Chris's chances to get two of his three props. Let me give you Chris's third prop because I'm going to blast him one last time before we let you get your prop bets out there on the way out. But uh, Chris is taking the 49ers under two and a half total touchdowns versus the Colts. That's ridiculous to think that the Niners can't score more than two touchdowns versus this Colts team is absolutely ridiculous. Show me the team that hasn't marched up and down the field on the Colts, not named the Texans. All right, I mean, there's no way that this 49er team that Williams, I know you love Kyle Shanahan, the genius. You know, the, the the genie pulls uh, pulls tricks out of the bottle all the time. I mean, come on. What is Chris thinking about here? 
Yeah, I did. <laughs> I actually really like Chris's other two props. I don't like this one. Uh, the Niners coming off uh, a bye. You know Shanahan scheming up all kinds of uh, plays against the Colts here. Colts also 29th in passing efficiency D. So I, just I get, lost one of their safeties today, they too, They just right? lost one. Of the, yeah, Julian Blackman, which is God, bad luck for the Colts. Uh, we still don't know if Quentin Nelson's going to play or not. This one's you know who else popped up on the Colts injury list today? Twins, I'll give you one guess. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I'll give you one guess. That's all you're going to need. <laughs> oh, boy. So and uh, Campbell's out too for them, so they just can't get rid of, of course, this injury. Ty's infecting man. everybody. The reason we shouldn't have brought him back, the ghost <laughs> is infecting everybody. I still feel like the Colts actually played pretty well last week. I know it was against the Texans. They did. I gotta I, give them their props. Yeah, they did. I, I thought that game was gonna be a lot closer. I was totally wrong on that. But they came out ready to handle the Texans and say yeah. we're not gonna let you guys stay in this game. And I appreciated it out of the Colts. I did, but I still think they stink. I'm torn with this one, man, because I, I, you know, I love San Fran, but I'm, I'm also. I also like this Colts team just because they don't have a lot of talent, but I feel like somehow they keep it close every week and they're gritty. And I just, I like it could the be third. close, but I think yeah. Frisco scored more than two touchdowns close. That's all I'm saying here. Why Chris's Agreed. third pop's ridiculous. Agreed. All and right, J- Jimmy G is supposed to be back too. So there you go. That's good. That's good for my fancy team because my quarterbacks are atrocious this week with Josh Allen having to sit out. So I could use something out of Jimmy G. Let's get your uh, two props on the way out here. You still get to pick just two props, unlike Chris having to pick three because you were 0-2 last week. So this week, though, you got to go 0-2 again or 2-0. So I hope you're trying to go 2-0 on props. What do you got for me as we get out the door? Definitely trying to go 2-0. I got uh, Devontae Adams over 7.5 catches. You get that minus 135 on DK. Wow, okay. Looking for big things out of Devonta, huh? Yeah, in his last 10 games following a non-injury impacted scoreless performance, so like when Rodgers doesn't get him into the end zone, he's averaging 9.7 catches per the following week. And there's a couple games where he caught 14 and 13 in that span, 11 and 12. Ooh, okay. So, and there are Sharps who actually like Washington this week, plus 9.5. I couldn't get there just because Heineke is pretty erratic and that defense just hasn't shown out, but – there's some sharps that think this game is going to be closer than what some people think. If that's the case, Rodgers may need to pass it a few more times than one might think. So, And also, the slot wide receivers uh, against Washington are averaging over 16 targets per game, which is crazy. So they're really picking on the slot there. And Devontae Adams doesn't always play in the slot, but Green Bay moves him around enough where he, he does line up in the slot. So you check out Beasley in the slot versus Washington, 11 catches. Keenan Allen, nine catches in the slot versus Washington. Ty Freak, nine catches. Sterling Shepard, nine catches. So, I mean, you would think that if if, if Rodgers is throwing a little bit more, that this is a good week for uh, Devontae Adams to get over seven and a half catches. Devontae Adams doesn't always line up in the slot, but when he does versus the Redskins, it will be productive. Yes. I like yes, that. That's What's your stuff? I like that. Shout out to Dos Equis. What's your second prop? All right. I know I shouldn't go I, <laughs> I shouldn't go over here, but I think there's some value here. I'm going Calvin Ridley over 68 and a half yards. So coming off a of bye, Calvin Ridley has the largest difference in actual versus expected fantasy points. So in other words, the guy is ready to smash. And against the Dolphins, who are surprisingly tied with the WFTs, that's another surprise, as the worst D in total explosive plays, uh, that's plays over 15 yards, allowed this season. 
and Ridley's projected game flow could get an even bigger boost if Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, the two corners for, for the Dolphins, remain sidelined. They've been hurt the last couple weeks. This this prop could also get a boost if Russell Gage is out for Atlanta. He's been out since week two, so even if he does play, he'll probably be limited. And Matt Ryan has had an 88-plus patch rating the last two weeks. We thought he was dead. Maybe the ghost is coming back. Uh, the Falcons' point totals in those games, 27 and 30 points. If they're putting up that many points, I feel like Ridley could get over 68 and a half yards. So I like Calvin this week. Yeah, listen, you know who else hopes Calvin Ridley has a big week this week? Me, because he's my number one fantasy receiver. And with some of my other guys being out, I really Let's could use go. a plus performance. Yes, thank you, Mr. Williams. And thank you, as always, for all of your work this week on week seven. We are all going to do our uh, – let's. We'll, we'll all make like a Serrano in Major League, and we'll do whatever little voodoo ceremonies we have to try to help change up the mojo and get you back over 500 when we talk next week for week eight. Actually, we won't talk. I will be in Gatlinburg, Tennessee next week. So Mr. Uh, Jim Riska will be leading you through the picks next week, Mr. Williams. So uh, hopefully you have a yeah, hopefully you have a good record because if you don't have a good record next week, by the time I do come back in week nine, we're really going to have some words. <laughs> Let's go. Home of the Smokies. Watch out for those bears. That's right. I'm going to get me some white light in Tennessee moonshine. This nice. is week seven. This is the Morgan You Know Podcast Network. Chris is normally here to say goodbye, Internet. So, Mr. Williams, I guess you're going to have to say it. Goodbye, Internet.